No matter how hard you plan, or how many courses you take, or how many books you read to get yourself ready to take the leap to become your own boss, there will always be things you don't expect. As an aspiring entrepreneur or freelancer, you have to expect the unexpected and be prepared to deal with feelings and circumstances that you've not really considered before. In this episode, I'm sharing the things that surprised me most when I first started working full-time in my business, after I left my corporate job to pursue my passion. So if you're about to start your own business or planning to in the near future, listen up, as you may just learn something that stops you being caught out when you embark on your new business journey. Are you ready? Then let's get started. I'm Nicola O'Hara, and I made the leap from a successful corporate career as a leader in learning, development, and recruitment to launch my dream business and haven't looked back. Every week, we'll bring you step-by-step strategies, essential knowledge and tools, and share inspirational stories and practical tips so you are ready to take your leap to a career and life you love. This is the Powering Your Passion podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the Powering Your Passion podcast. I'm your host, Nicola O'Hara. And before we drop into today's topic, I wanted to ask you a favor. If you've been enjoying listening to this podcast, please don't keep it to yourself. If you know anyone else that wants to escape the rat race to become their own boss, either by starting a business or going freelance, or wants to completely transform their working and personal life to achieve those one day goals right now, then this podcast can help them. My purpose is helping others achieve their ideal life by working with their passion. So I want to reach as many people as possible. So if you know someone you think could be interested, just send them a link to this episode. You'll find it in the episode description, wherever you are listening at this moment, or send them to nicolaohara.com forward slash podcast, and they can find some of the episodes there and start listening. Thank you so much. So on with the episodes. Today, I'm talking about what surprised me most when I gave up my corporate job of almost 20 years and became my own boss. Now, when you're in a job, you know exactly what to expect, don't you? Especially after you've been in a few years. You know what your specialism very well. The office politics are just a part of life. You get used to having a work family you see more often than your own. You know how your performance is evaluated And you have a handle on how you get promoted and that to move up, it's best to change companies every few years, for example. You know the general flow of the working world and are conditioned into that. It's comfortable. You know what to expect. You are like everyone else, whether you are really ambitious and career minded or you just want to do the job and be paid for it. The world of being an employee is normal. It's what everyone does and you are on the path that you and other people understand, right? Once you step out of that world, things do change as you would expect. When I left my job, I'd already started my business on the side, so I wasn't exactly starting from scratch. I already knew a lot of what to expect and had prepared myself for it. But there were still a few things that really surprised me once I was a fully fledged entrepreneur. Okay, the first thing I was surprised about was just how much of a learning curve it would be. Of course, I knew there would be a lot to get my head around. But it was only after I'd left the security of my corporate job and I realised just how much I still had to learn. You literally leave one job and gain, I don't know, about eight others. You're the CEO, the board, every department and every employee. 
certainly for the first year at least, unless you have a meteoric rise and can hire a team straight away. As an employee, you're used to having support to other teams helping you out. But when you leave the job, you leave all that help behind. Well, for a while anyway. As well as being up to speed on your area of specialism, you need to figure out all the legalities and compliance required to have a business. You have to understand business finances and get up to speed on taxation. You become a designer of all your products, whether they're virtual or physical, and all your social media posts and advertising have to be thought up by you. You have to do your own public relations and find opportunities for your products and services to be showcased. You write your own copy for your website and all your marketing materials. You also need to get on top of technology, particularly if you're having an online-based business. I had no idea how many systems, platforms and services are involved in having an online business. Now look, I really like tech, but there's a lot to get your head around, which can take time. Then there is sales and knowing how to get your business or products in front of the right people. This is one of the things I thought would be the most difficult and I was most worried about, but it's really not as hard as you think. Now, although the learning curve is pretty steep, I do actually love it. I've always been someone that enjoys learning. And so being able to learn all these new skills and take in so much new information is just not a chore for me. But it really is a personality thing. If you're somebody who doesn't enjoy learning, really, I think becoming an entrepreneur probably isn't for you. But if you love learning, if you love doing a variety of things in your job, you love getting involved in learning new things and working out new ways of doing things, then it can really work for you. And I'll let you into a secret. The variety of work involved in having your own company was something that drew me to it. I love having different things to get involved with because I get really bored with the same work every day. In my day job, I got bored with the day-to-day monotony. After a while, it was all the same and I was always one of those people that wants to do more than my job description. So I put my hands up to get involved in projects outside of my specialism and there wasn't something new going on to get involved with, I'd look to create something either in my job or in my personal life. I deliberately worked in smaller companies or subsidiaries of larger banks, so I had a broader remit. I couldn't do with all the siloing of work that goes on in big companies. But even knowing to expect to be able to turn my hand to many different tasks, I was still surprised at how much would need to be done. And I'm not complaining, and I'm not saying all this to scare you, Because if you're like me, you'll love getting involved in so many different things. And it's only at the start you need to do everything yourself. Now I get the variety I wanted and do all the things I actually enjoy. And I know I can get help when I need it on things I don't enjoy. There's an army of freelancers and contractors out there who can help you for a few hours or days in a week on the things you're not so good at. So once you're up and running, you can tailor your team to suit the skills you're good at and not so good at. The second surprise was that I would exchange my nine to five hours for 24-7. This doesn't sound so good, but, but bear with me. This is something that other small business owners warned me about, but I thought wouldn't happen because I was going to make sure I did not let it take over my life. Now, I worked relatively long hours in corporate, at sometimes very long hours, but I knew that I could switch off at the end of the day, apart from the odd email or call here and there. For example, on holiday, I may need to answer a few emails or sometimes deal with an emergency. And I would always have my work phone with me to keep an eye on messages and what was going on back at the office. But most of the time, I could put it to the back of my mind and enjoy my break. But when you have a business of your own, it's not as easy. Even if you plan for it and you make sure you have things that are automated or delegated for others for while you're away, you can't but think about it. 
what's going on. And there are some things you just have to be there for. So now I always bring my laptop on holiday, usually because I'll have to log in at least once. And even if I have no meetings planned, I need to have it just in case I need to sort something out. Because it's my responsibility if things go wrong, if there's a problem, and no one else can sort it out. That's why if you're going to have your own business, it's so important that you love what you are doing. It's something that will become far bigger and far more part of your life than any job you may have had. Even when you're not working, you are thinking about it. Now, I'm not actually telling you this as a negative because I do want to work in my business so much because I care about it. I love what I do and I actually want to be at my desk. I want to be recording this podcast, writing my blog or working with people like you on your strategy to escape your gilded cage and start on your new path to freedom doing something you love. That is all my passion. Do I need to work on my boundaries between work and life? Absolutely. Not because I don't enjoy what I do, but because part of the reason I I made my escape from my corporate cage was freedom, which includes the freedom to live a certain kind of lifestyle. So I need to leave time available to do all the things I love outside of my business, as well as the time working on the business. People who have been in this game far longer than I have have told me you can't work at full speed forever and you do need to try and find time to switch off, even if you do enjoy what you do. So I do need to work on boundaries, on giving myself time away from my business to do other things. But unlike when I was in my corporate job, when I was living for every holiday and every bank holiday was highlighted and planned for, now I actually don't know when most of the bank holidays are, apart from the main main sort of festivals and things. Usually what happens is a friend will tell me there's a bank holiday and I'll go, you know, and sometimes I'll work it and sometimes I won't. I don't need to wait to be told when I can take a break. I take it when it works for me. And that really is the beauty of being your own boss. You can decide to give yourself more time off or you can decide to work 10 days straight if it's an important project. It's just all about balance. You can decide what your working week will look like. You can decide if you want to work 24-7 or just three days a week. No one's going to tell you any different. So if I find myself working long hours for a while, I will then give myself a week of shorter hours or take a few half days to compensate. No more trying to make the 25 days of annual leave fit around other people and work projects. I don't even know if I'm taking more or less holiday than I was in my job. I just take it when I need it. Okay, something I really had to come to terms with, and I just wasn't expecting after I left corporate to become my own boss, is that some people in my life just really won't get what I'm doing. This was really a surprise to me. I thought everyone would be super excited for me and they would be totally get this need in me to go for something new, to switch to a new path and go for my big one day dream. But some people just don't. I know they try to be supportive, but they just don't understand the draw of working for myself and certainly don't get what running an online business like I have is all about. I try and explain, but often just get blank expressions or they try and contextualize it in relation to working in a job. The truth is, having your own business is nothing like having a job. So to try and think of it in those terms, it will always seem a bit strange. I know as I sit there telling them what I'm up to, in their heart of hearts, they think I'm a little bit crazy. And secretly bet that actually one day I'll be back in my corporate job, which of course I won't. People also have trouble understanding why I decided to sell my home and move to France. So in the UK and Ireland, people are preconditioned to thinking that owning your your own home is the big thing to aspire to. It's the key measure of success and achievement. And I know in the rest of Europe, it isn't 
such a big thing and a lot of people rent. But I grew up thinking that to have my own home was something you should really want. So actually consciously jumping off the property ladder is something that you just don't do. And look, I get that. I worked really hard to be be able to buy my own place in the first place with no help from my parents or inheritance or any outside help at all. Well, well, apart from my mortgage from the bank, I guess that's help. And if I was to tell that woman I was six years ago that when I bought my apartment, I'll be giving it up in a few years time, I would probably think being really mad at myself. But when I decided to sell at the end of last year, I knew in my gut it was the right thing to do. And I have not regretted it one bit. I realized during the whole process that I really only saved up and bought a property because it's what everyone I knew was doing. I felt like if I didn't buy somewhere, I was somehow less successful than my friends and colleagues, even though I had a great job and a and, you know, really good lifestyle. I got more pleasure telling people about my purchase than actually living in the place. So the decision to sell has been freeing in more ways than one and has opened up so many doors and opportunities for me. When I had my apartment, I was still tied to my old life. But after I sold it, I felt like that last bit of rope tying me to that person I had been and the life I had had been cut and I could finally fly free. I don't know how long I'll stay here in France. I'm taking six months at a time. I have so many options for where I could go next, but I'm really just living in the moment. Something that, as a born planner and organiser, is something I've never really done and is such a novelty. I'm enjoying living that dream I had as I sat at my desk, 20 stories up in a building in the heart of the city of London, looking out the wall-to-ceiling glass windows at all the other glass boxes with people beavering away in, and thinking, is this really it? Am I going to be stuck in similar glass boxes for the next 25 years? As I sat there, I would dream of working wherever I wanted to, doing something I love, not being tied to a box, of deciding for myself how, when, where, what I I did with my working day. At that time, I dreamed of spending more time in our lovely house in France, sitting with my laptop in the garden, working outdoors and getting to spend some quality time with my mum at the same time. It always seemed like a fantasy, a one-day dream that would never happen. But here I am, recording this episode in my home office in France, having written my notes while sitting in the garden earlier today, with nothing but birdsong and the ringing of the village church bell to accompany me. I am literally living that dream I once had. I'm not saying I'll never buy again, I may very well do, but I plan to rent for a while when I do move on from France so I can decide where I ultimately want to be. But living with that kind of uncertainty and following my heart and gut is something some of my friends just don't understand. And I've come to realise that it's okay. We're all different and have a variety of hopes and dreams, values and guiding principles. They are no less my friends just because they don't quite get what I do. Actually, I don't get what they want to do. Having a standard job and working there until retirement and not actually doing anything different outside the box or exciting is what I can't understand. That is what I would dread, being like everyone else and not going for my ambitious and crazy dreams. So I do understand why what I'm doing doesn't resonate with everyone. We have other things in common, so I just play down a lot of what I do and don't go into detail with friends who I know will never be able to really understand me. Finally, the biggest surprise of all for me was the community of entrepreneurs and freelancers that welcomed me into their fold. One of the things I was genuinely worried about leaving my day job was not having a team or work colleagues to chat to every day. Even when you're working from home, you still have colleagues to pick up the phone to or to jump on a Zoom with 
or just WhatsApp or texts. So when I thought of going solo, it did really worry me that I'll be alone in my home office with no one to bounce ideas off or discuss potential projects or just have a natter and gossip with. I'm pretty extroverted and and do thrive on being with people. So the thought of working at home and, and not having that contact and that kinship and that camaraderie you get from having a team really was something I worried about. Yes, you can message friends, but when it's a weekday, they're all in their day jobs and it's not so easy for them to message. Also, they don't really know what your issues are or what you need help with because they have employee worries and woes, which are very different to what you're doing. So I was really pleasantly surprised to find this community of entrepreneurs and business owners I had no clue existed. And instead of being competitive, even if you are in some, the same kind of field of work, they welcome you in and show you the ropes. But they don't just appear. You do have to do some work to find them. But once you have connected with one group, say through a course or um, a, something, a, a conference you attend or something like that, you find out about other groups and your circle of entrepreneur friends gets wider and wider and wider. And these people really get you. They understand when you talk about content writing, list building, social media posting, SEO and analytics, customer avatars and copywriting. They know how hard it can be to create products, to think of content for your podcast or blog and and juggle everything. And they know how rewarding it is when things go right and you meet your goals and how difficult it is when things don't go so well. I know if I have a problem in my business, there is someone I can call on or message to get their advice or their point of view, or just someone to commiserate with me because they've been there and they've done that. Many colleagues at my job I knew and spoke to every day for years remained mainly acquaintances, and I am now in touch with just a few of them. But business owners I have met, sometimes only online, have become some of my best friends, and I know they will be for life. There's a camaraderie of people that have the same outlook, the same dreams. They just get what you want to do. And there is something so very bonding in that. The bottom line is, you can't prepare yourself for everything that could happen when you decide to leave your day job, to go freelance or run your own business. There will be plenty of surprises that come your way, both good and bad. But as long as you choose a business or specialism that you love and have a passion for, you'll be able to deal with anything that comes your way. That's it for this episode. If you missed anything or want to read the key points, take a look at my show notes The link is in the episode description wherever you're listening to this podcast. Remember, you deserve to live your passion. So go for it. This is your time. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, follow or subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google or Stitcher, or go to my website, nicolohara.com forward slash podcast.